you are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I'm your host Amy. I have a background working in a corporate environment for over 15 years. I'm a doctor, a lecturer, a lawyer and a published author. This podcast is a look inside my brain. I cover relevant and totally irrelevant topics, ranging from self-help and advice to the spooky and scary, a little bit of true crime, mental health. I also like to tell some stories along the way. My goal is to spread aesthetic vibes whilst discussing these topics. Okay, with all that being said, let's hang out. Hello, hello. Welcome back or welcome. Um, It's been a really busy week and we're not even through the week yet. (laughs) So I think it's just going to get crazier and busier as we kind of venture off into this new year of 2023. I have the teaching term starting next week and I feel like I'm playing catch up. Um, I've got a research project underway that's kicking off along with the podcast and my day-to-day job and yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. We spent the morning at um, a dog beach, took the pup down, he had a run around, he had some fun. Um, we came back, had lunch and now, yeah, we've got a whole heap of work to do before we can kind of tap out this evening. With all of this in mind and how crazy busy it is, um, I feel like a few of my episodes will be a little shorter than normal. I will try not to make them too short, but um, time is proving to be against me. I've had terrible vertigo today as well, so it's been one of those days. Anyway, I want to go back into the whole um, building a better you, me situation, series, whatever you want to call it. And I want to talk about self-doubt today. I feel like I've struggled with self-doubt an awful lot. Um, In the last probably 24-ish months, I feel like it's gotten significantly better. But I've been dealing with self-doubt issues for a very, very long time. Side note, it's 35 degrees (laughs) in Sydney right now and I'm sitting in an unventilated box of a room. So... Um, I am going to try to get through this quickly because uh, I might die. Uh, yeah, back to the topic. So, uh, you know, it's something that I've dealt with for a very long time. And I feel like self-doubt is a normal part of who we are. And it's a normal part of life, particularly when we are facing new things, whether that's new opportunities or challenges. There's two situations. So you've got when you're doing something new and you're kind of doubting yourself and thinking, oh, am I going to be able to do this? And then you give it a go and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. I did such a good job. However, there's the other end of the spectrum. And this is people that suffer with this continuously, day after day after day. When it is more persistent, I think that's where we've probably got to look a little bit deeper at self-confidence and self-esteem. However, I think that it can be, so self-doubt can in fact be healthy, but in certain situations. So if I think about how I would personally describe self-doubt, and it is this feeling of a lack of confidence in ourselves, in it's a sense of uncertainty, and it can occur at any time whatsoever. 
Self-doubt might come about in our thoughts, beliefs, emotions, opinions, decisions, uh, personal views, or the truth that we have mapped out in our minds. Self-doubt seems to be linked to personal expectations in a certain environment or a certain situation. So someone who is experiencing self-doubt might be very clear around who they are, but maybe they're not clear about their level of competence with a certain task or activity. It might come from a track record, so maybe they've failed at something before and so I'm going to apologize, there's traffic. I, I really have to find a more quiet place to record. I'm literally so far back from the road, but I can hear it as plain as plain. So it might be when we've failed at something in the past and we automatically expect ourselves to fail if we're doing something similar in the present or future. Self-doubt can be caused by anything that leads us to question our existing beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and so on. It can lead to this feeling of self-doubt. Another potential cause of self-doubt is when important people in our lives react to our decisions or maybe the mistakes that we've made in the past. If they think that our mistakes make us look stupid, we might be likely to agree with that opinion. If they think that our mistakes are a normal part of being human, again, we might think that that's normal as well. There is a level of self-doubt that is positive and that motivates us and pushes us forward to strive to be that better person. Being completely consumed in what we can't do puts us in a space where you might feel like you're stuck. We then make a decision to leap forward or to not leap forward. We try maybe and then await the result. One of the toughest decisions I had to make for myself was whether I was ready to teach. I had a lot of corporate experience presenting and training individuals in the workplace on particular methodology. And I did that an awful lot. I did that for years and years and years. However, I did a couple of guest spots lecturing quite a few years back now in a couple of different subjects, and then the opportunity came up to actually teach an entire subject all by my lonesome. So that was, <laughs> that was a really big decision for me. I had to decide, is this something I'm willing to do? Standing up in a room <laughs> full of mature age students it's damn scary, right? I kind of find like if you're a teacher in a classroom full of students and their kids, uh, depending on the age, you might have a little bit of an easier time. When you're standing up in front of a room full of adults, there's <laughs> always something someone's thinking or about to say. So it was it was really daunting for me. And I had done a fair bit of public speaking. I'd run um, team offsite days, things like that. So it wasn't that presenting was new to me. It was just that I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. I didn't think I was that good at doing it either. So I said to myself, okay, you can try if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out, right? Give it a go. So that's what I did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first probably three or four weeks, I was petrified. <laughs> like, I was petrified. The first time, I was so nervous. And 
it really took a lot to kind of get into the swing of uh, facilitation. And it wasn't until I kind of kept on at it that I've become more and more proficient. And I feel that I am quite good with it now. But it was damn scary. And in my mind, I thought to myself, if you don't try you're not going to know. And it could be something that you really enjoy doing. Yes, it's pushing you outside your comfort zone, but that's okay. That's completely fine. So I did it. And I really like teaching. So I teach MBA students um, in an Australian MBA program. And there's a global program I've taught in before as well through the same university. It is a lot of fun now. (laughs) Now that I've kind of got a handle on everything, it's a lot of fun. If I didn't take that jump, I wouldn't have known, is it something that I enjoy doing? And it's turned out to be a really good pathway for me. And it's opened up a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And at the moment, in the middle of my pause that I'm taking for my, my life pause, it's it's been perfect because I've been able to work at something, but also take the time that I need mentally to be working on the person that I am. So um And I started a podcast and now I talk to a lot of people, maybe not face to face, but there's a lot of people that I talk to. So, yeah. What are the drivers behind self-doubt? Past experiences or mistakes is a big one. And this can affect how we think and feel quite dramatically. If we've failed in the past, there is no reason to believe it's going to happen again. It's about reframing what we might see as failure and saying to ourselves, what can I take away from this? Because there's always something that you can take away from the experience that turns it from a failed experience into a learning experience. So I don't really believe in, you know, hardcore failure, unless something is like detrimental and you've like completely fucked up. But most things can be a learning experience regardless, right? If we strolled through life and everything was super simple, wouldn't that just be the worst though? Like, wouldn't that just be terrible? Because nothing would challenge you. Nothing would challenge your mindset. It would be quite miserable. Like, it would be terrible. I couldn't think of anything worse. It's like when you're playing, um, like, I've got a Nintendo Switch that I love playing. It's like when you're playing a game on your Nintendo Switch and the game is so easy that you just literally just walk through every single level, no issues, no, con- no concerns. It's so boring because there's no challenge behind it. So for me... I need that challenge to push myself. Another driver behind self-doubt could be where you've come from. Maybe the upbringing and the experiences that you've had in your early years. Often what we're told in our younger years, we take on board and that sticks with us. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast yet. So going back when I was maybe 14, I'm going to say 14. I, my mum had a friend, there there was a married couple before her husband passed away, and this woman was really close with the family, and I remember we were driving to this function, and I went with the lady, the friend, and I was in the car, and I was doing my hair, Um, and I really, only at that age, well, I only now, as well, know really three hairstyles. (laughs) up half up and down and we were driving and she was driving and I said um I pulled my hair up 
And she goes, yeah, yeah, you have to wear your hair like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, yeah, your face is too fat to wear it half up, half down. You should never wear your hair like that. And I've never worn my hair like that because she told me my face was fat. <laughs> never. <laughs> I think I can count on my hands. Um, I've done little space buns half but I, I generally as a rule don't wear my hair like that because that's something that she told me as part of my upbringing that stuff scars right like that stuff scars and it scars deep so yeah don't be nasty if you have nothing nice to say shut the fuck up especially to a 14 year old like come on you're already struggling with so many other things the last thing you need to hear is oh you got a fat face fuck off ridiculous we some of the other triggers might be when we're comparing ourselves to others. And for those who have not been around the pod for a while, we don't compare ourselves around here. There are no two people that are exactly carbon copy of another. So if to compare something, they have to be comparable. So the example I always use is, would you compare a banana to an apple? Can you literally put those two things down, tell them to perform, and then judge which performed better? No, you cannot because they are completely and utterly different. You can have a preference. You can be like, I like apples more. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't. You can't compare them. They're two totally different things. And if you are going to compare them, it's merely an opinion. So other drivers of self-doubt might be uh, new stuff. So being frightened by new challenges. And it's not a bad thing to be frightened. I wouldn't say frightened. It's not, you know not a bad thing to be challenged by new experiences like it's not a bad thing at all so new stuff's good and then that fear of failure is probably one of the other triggers there is also a fear of success this was a kind of a a moment of reflection for me there are people that achieve success and have a fear that they will not be able to replicate it so they've achieved it once, they maybe think that was a once-off, and they're concerned that it might not be possible to do it again. So it's said that self-doubt is linked to self-esteem. Signs of low self-esteem include saying negative things and being critical about yourself, joking in a negative way, you know, oh, I'm the worst, focusing predominantly on the negatives of yourself and ignoring your achievements it's it needs to be balanced right and I always say imagine if we put our negatives to the side and we focused on our positives how strong we would be at those things that we do well at and then we just mitigate what we need to mitigate that's necessary from that negative pile blaming yourself when things go wrong is another sign thinking that people are better than you um, that you don't deserve something, that you, you maybe you don't accept compliments and you kind of shrug them off. Avoiding challenges for the fear of failure, being upset or disappointed whenever you receive some sort of constructive feedback, feeling sad, depressed, anxious, worried, ashamed, all those kind of negative feelings. Having this loud inner critic that's really loud that you can't shut up <laughs> imposter syndrome I spoke all about this in season one uh, episode 19 in season one to be precise so just briefly imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like you're a fraud and that 
you will be found as a fraud. People with imposter syndrome often think, I got here from luck. So it's this, you know, I don't really deserve whatever it is that I'm receiving. This is all just luck on my behalf. In addition, needing approval, people pleasing, which is a big one I'm trying not to do, insecurities in relationships, low confidence, there's self-handicapping. So this is where you use this defensive strategy that helps you blur the reason for mistakes and failures and overachievement as a strategy of preventing mistakes and failure. And we've spoken about overachieving before and that vicious cycle you get in where you've worked really hard and achieved something and you go, okay, to do that again, I have to work equally as hard, if not harder. And you're kind of raising that benchmark continuously. And this is a vicious cycle. Doesn't end up good because you end up burning out, which is exactly what happened to me. Self-doubt, like I mentioned, can be something positive that we can use, but it also becomes negative when you see yourself constantly apologizing. And that's a big one that I'm really watching out for. Um, you know, just saying, I'm sorry, just randomly all the time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop, stop, stop. No, if you're not in the wrong, don't say I'm sorry. Confident people make informed and thoughtful decisions with purpose. People with self-doubt will often second guess themselves, even if they've done their research and they've come to the best possible result. Another concern might be having fear of being in the limelight rather than um, or rather wanting to be in the background. So constantly being in the background is potentially a sign that you do have low self-esteem. And but in saying that, some people just don't like the limelight. I time and place, (laughs) time and place. I like it. Uh, I don't like to be center of attention, though. So I think this is all kind of a. appropriate to maybe filtering out the parts of your personality that are just you Um, but if there's this constant you know never wanting to be in the limelight then maybe that could be a a trigger or a sign of uh, self-esteem or self-doubt issues there are absolutely extremes when it comes to self-doubt there's people that are completely debilitated by doubt um, on this continual ongoing journey where they need to continuously be building themselves up And then for other people, they're on the other end of the spectrum where they have too much self-confidence. They make mistakes. Maybe they uh, decide to stand their ground and refuse to see the mistake, recognize the mistake and learn from it. I've worked with some of these people before. Um, There's a couple in my mind that have gotten to where they got to based on maybe luck or right time, right place, right person. And, you know, they're making these mistakes. They've got too much self-confidence. They fail to accept or sort of see these mistakes. They will palm them off on their people, you know, the direct team that reports to them. Oh, it's such and such a problem. And when you peel the layer of self-confidence back, there's not a lot underneath it that backs the the individual, um, their skills and capabilities. So I've seen the other end of the spectrum. And there's one person that I have in my mind right now who was terrible in this respect. Way too much self-confidence. She was the worst. 
I've also had instances where um, I've had students with way too much self-confidence and I've had to deliver bad news that, you know, you aren't going to pass this assessment and you aren't going to pass this subject and this is the reason why. And in some instances you have people say, but, well, I'm not accepting that or why? No, I did better than that. And when you are a lecturer, you've usually done this for a while. You can read an assessment and you get a feel pretty much straight away for where the student sits on the bell curve you are not only experienced at lecturing facilitation content design marking grading um, you work on your own academic work on the side so you have a very good benchmark for what does great look like what does good look like and what does you know, not so good look like. You have a very clear understanding and you don't mark in isolation. So you mark in a chunk. And usually if I've got a really big cohort, I will block out several days where I mark back to back. I will literally mark the entire time with no interruptions. So my headspace is in the same space to get all that marking done. You start to see a standard you start to see the students who've done exactly what you've asked and they always come out on top and those students that have gone off on a tangent that didn't get it right and those who haven't listened to anything and have completely missed the mark. So when someone says to you, when a lecturer, a university professor says, this does not meet the grade, this is not what I was looking for, we're not doing it to be dicks and the comeback of, well, I'm not accepting that, isn't appropriate. <laughs> it's just not appropriate. You're being given this information and usually we're giving comprehensive feedback. So if you've not passed something, you're going to get a novel from me and I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to draw examples out of your assessment and tell you. Having too much self-confidence is not being able to take that on board and kind of, you know, huffing and puffing and acting like you deserve something else because you've come to class once it's not how it works it's very frustrating it's very frustrating and that's when there is no self-doubt and there's too much self-confidence and you kind of see it and you go wow I've spent so much time invested in giving you the right feedback for this assessment I'm doing so and you're standing there arguing with me don't argue with me don't argue with me don't too much self-confidence can be problematic arrogant and frustrating so for those people scale it back guys so it does come in all forms and you're not alone there are so many people that suffer from self-doubt I recall when I was writing my thesis and um, for my doctorate and there there were these different points through it where it just felt like I wasn't going to get there there were a couple of really st real standout moments for me. The first was, I think we were about five days from deadline and you're given a deadline and it's a very strict deadline. If you don't make that deadline, you have to in advance request additional time because everything has to be on like a timeline, right? You can't just say, go write a thesis. You've got a hundred years to do so. It doesn't work like that. You're on a timeline and it's linked to your degree. So um, for me we were working on it um, and I had two supervising professors and we were working really really hard at it and we we're about five days out and 
I had taken annual leave from my day-to-day job just to work on my thesis and I was working around the clock on very minimal sleep. On top of that, I was also having Sean, my husband, looking for any typo errors. So I gave him the document and I said, okay, all commas need to look like this. Um, spacing needs to look like this. References need to look like this. If you find any errors, make it all consistent. And like, if there's an additional double space somewhere, you've got to remove it, right? So the attention to detail was one thing that my professors drilled into me. And they said, you do not want to get marker offside before they've started um, reviewing your thesis. So you need to ensure that there is attention to detail. So Sean was doing that pass through. I hadn't finished chapter five. And so I was working around the clock and there was a point where I said, this is just, we're not going to do it. We're not going to get there. I was completely and utterly sure that we were not going to get there. One of the professors was on sabbatical and he was in Germany and he, because it was day, like day and night are completely back to front between us and Germany. So I would work all day, hand my thesis to him. He would pick it up in the day, work all day, hand the thesis back to me and back and forth we went. And then when we got to pretty much the end of the line and it was submission time, we were, I it was midnight. It was just before midnight here and I was working like a fiend and it had to be submitted by midnight. I got it through at 11.59 p.m., one minute before submission closed. A thesis. (laughs) I had so much doubt. I was like, we're not getting there. We're not doing this. I've fucked up. What have I done with my life? But we ended up getting there with one minute to spare. One lousy minute for something that took two, two and a half years. (laughs) So much self-doubt. So much self-doubt. So... I know for me, I say to myself, failure is not an option. Keep pushing. You're not working hard enough. Push. I do suffer with self-doubt here and there. But I remind myself, look at all the cool stuff that you've done. You've achieved some really good stuff. And if I really want to do something, I will fully set my mind to it. And I will say, this is what is happening. This is what we're doing. And I know that when I set my mind to something, I will make it happen. And I know that I will achieve the outcome that I'm looking for. So I guarantee you that if you are looking to really do something and you set your mind to it, you're going to be able to do it. It doesn't come down to natural ability. It comes down to uh, consistent, persistent hard work. So let's say you are suffering from some self-doubt. There are basic things that you can do. Um, There are a couple of different things that I think are worth noting. The first thing that you can do is find your validation internal. So self-doubt thrives on this lack of validation and um, you need to remember who you are as an individual with your beliefs and your values and your strengths and improve the relationship you have with yourself to overcome this self-doubt. And a big part of this is remembering the only opinion that matters is your own. So you need to be happy with the person that you are day to day. So this is about finding that internal validation. 
you need to also remember your achievements. So, you know, take inventory of all the cool, amazing stuff that you've done. And anytime you're feeling that self-doubt creep in, you say to yourself, well, hang on, I've done this in a different form. I've done that. I'm good at this, which means I should be good at that. I might just need to try something different. Practicing that positive self-talk is another one. And we are often super hard on ourselves and we will beat ourselves up over certain things. Would you speak the way that you speak to yourself the same way to somebody that you love? Probably not, right? So you need to be able to cut yourself the slack, speak positively, turn the language around and appreciate who you are it makes me think of the um trend going around at the moment lucky girl syndrome and basically it's the thinking that if you use the phrase often enough I'm so lucky things always work out for me it'll happen (laughs) because people people have tried it and um you receive that energy back that you're putting out there so I've been saying it a fair bit I think it works. I just think it's something positive and it changes your mindset and makes you feel happy. Practicing self-compassion is another one. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself and realize, you know, you you wouldn't be this hard on somebody else that you love. So don't speak to yourself and treat yourself in that particular way. Be mindful of language. So use language that comes from a place of encouragement and optimism and make sure it's positive base so you know I suck at this I'm not great at it but I could be better I'm gonna try harder just changing that language don't compare yourself we've spoken about this an awful lot comparison which I spoke about just earlier in this podcast and in many episodes does not get you anywhere worry about you don't worry about what anyone else is doing just worry about you no one else matters don't compare yourself no two people are the same Another tool is removing anything negative. People, remove them. Uh, Social media, remove it. Environments, remove it. Remove the negative stuff. Just get rid of it. Remember that you are your biggest critic. Nobody will judge you harder than you judge yourself. And self-criticism will lead to self-doubt. Most people are generally concerned with themselves and probably don't see or experience half of what you're doing or saying so concentrate on you I think that's the most important thing concentrate on you don't worry about others so just remember if you don't try you're never going to know what you are capable of if it turns out that you try and then you go this isn't for me that's totally fine you don't have to keep doing it but trying isn't going to hurt Self-doubt is something that we all go through and it can help us to actually reach our full potential or know what is right or isn't right for us. I strongly suggest that if this is something that you are struggling with, consider some of the different tips and tricks that I've just mentioned and see if these work for you. I often get in my own head and I get kind of um, entrenched or consumed by my own thoughts and it makes it really hard to put these feelings aside and move on so I totally get that this is not something that you can just kind of go oh I'm not going to doubt myself anymore it doesn't work like that but slowly it 
and surely if you implement some of these tips and tricks you will see a change so start by building some of the fundamentals i think that's the core component build the fundamentals to support yourself and to challenge that thinking you know stop it head on and say hold on a sec i might have self-doubt but i've done this before i've done this in a different form so it's natural to care but you can do this and just remember you're not alone you are not alone in this okay so that's all for me today uh, self-doubt can be a little bitch it can be a little bitch when it's not managed well um, we can become victim to our thinking and go into this state of over analysis so it's important that we're able to take control of these thoughts and feelings and ensure that we are being good to ourselves okay i have to get out of this room because i'm about to die the dog has been barking think i'm gonna go down and drown him <laughs> i joke oh my god it has taken so many takes to get that last bit of the podcast down it's done my head in and i've received phone calls it's just been crazy i fucking am boiling i've got sweat running down my back <laughs> nice visual anyway in the meantime you can hit me up on my socials i'm on instagram at aesthetic vibes pod drop me an email at aesthetic vibes podcast at outlook.com visit my website aesthetic drop by my tiktok dr ames kelly if you're listening to this podcast and you are thinking damn i want to know what that crazy kid looks like you can tune in exclusive to spotify aesthetic vibes podcast and you get to kind of see me in my bright yellow chair with um sitting in the corner of my beauty room until next time guys bye